Coming up right now, the newest episode from Carr, Gwyn, and Ode on Three Pagans and a Cat. And things which have been made by hand are good, because there is life in them. Welcome to Building Your Book, Tools of the Trade, and Calendars, episode 15 of Three Pagans and a Cat, and the fifth episode in our grimoire series. Today's opening is courtesy of the revealed Gardnerian Book of Shadows, and thus of somewhat uncertain provenance. You may call me Ode. You can call me Carr, I'm Ode's father. Mary Meat, my name is Gwyn, Ode's mother. Yay! I got it right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I almost had a brain freeze right there. Like, wait, who am I? I think I'm the mother, right? Because I was told that maybe I wasn't. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> at, um, at Michigan Pagan Fest, while we were doing the first class, class yeah. Gwyn wasn't there. And when we did the opening, Carr accidentally called himself my mother because he was still thinking about how we were going to explain that she wasn't here. <laughs> <laughs> while yeah. we were doing the intro. Not a great idea on my part. So, <laughs> we managed to get through it this time without making that mistake. Good, that, exactly. Good error. Congratulations to us. <laughs> At the beginning of the episode here, I'm going to read the names of our patrons, because this is our first recording of the month. Yep. Thank you to all of our patrons, including our kittens, who will not be named here. <laughs> but we love you, kittens. We do love you, but it's not one of your rewards to get <laughs> your name read, so... The the patrons who have their names read are Aaron Moe, Stevie Thompson, Tally Kazoyle Thomason, Charles Howison, Justin Stanage, Kay Kremer, Vex Arcana, and Kira T. Gardner. With special thanks to Kirsten Zacharias, who donated a mic to us. Yes. And so now we have three mics, and we are that much closer to having the the what the dream of our audio setup. Right. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so close. There are three are two things we need mm-hmm. to kind of to complete sort of this, complete it, and yeah. so that we'll all have individual mics, and we'll be on individual tracks, and I'll be able to mix it down better. And Car has plans because he's an audio engineer. And got it'll the sound plans, so much man, better. The plans. So we need about seventy five dollars in audio software yep. that allows mm-hmm. me to do multiple mics through USB. And and route them and all that kind of fun stuff. And like $250? Yeah, roughly. Probably. It's 70 bucks a piece, so that's 210 yeah. So $210. Yeah. Math some, is not one of my things. <laughs> it really isn't. To get some uh, shields, right. to shield the mics Mike from shields. each other yeah. right. so, so that we don't get, get any bleed. kind of weird reflections and bleed and that kind yeah. of stuff. So if you love our podcast and you want to help support us, go to Patreon, because that's where <laughs> you can uh, you know, find the various levels and you can help us get the things we need to make this podcast better. Yep. Mm-hmm. And if you want to make a one-time donation, just email me directly, car at the number three pagansandacat.com. I'll give you information on how you can do that as a one-time gift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If, if that's like, if you want to give us a mic. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Which is what happened. Uh-huh. Right, exactly. He said, hey, yeah. well, I'd love to give you a mic. And we'd say, oh, we were like, said, okay, thank you. Delightful, yeah, yeah. thank you. Yeah, we'd yeah. love to receive that from you. <laughs> that's You're one awesome. less thing we have to buy. Yeah. I have a USB mic and I don't know what to do with it. I'm like, well, we do. Yep. <laughs> so again, thank you. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was really cool. It was so generous. Yeah. So this episode, we're going to be covering tools of the trade and calendar stuff. We're going to be talking about the Gardnerian tools, common tools that are used in ritual and spellcraft, and we're going to be covering calendars and magical timing. Yep, and that's this is like really close to our last episode. I think we only have one more after this. Yep, mm-hmm. the ritual and spell construction episode yep. Yep. is going to follow this one. Which we have something really special planned for that one. Yeah, which I'm not sure how we're going to translate it to the audio format, but we'll figure it out. We'll we're going to workshop that. We'll work it. Okay, I have no idea what you all are talking about, but cool. <laughs> the whole the, ritual the whole thing ritual we did. Thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so we'll figure out how somehow to translate that into a It'll just into have an to be audio really explained out. Yeah, exactly. That's okay. Exactly. Um, so that'll be an interesting episode to do, and that's going to be the last episode of the Building Your Book series. Yep. Yep. And then we did have one complaint. Yeah, we right. had a we had a complaint with the Recipes and Herbalism episode, because the, this person felt that we didn't cover herbalism in enough, in enough depth, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. and also they got sick of listening to the warnings be repeated <laughs> yeah. all the time. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Which is fair. We did re- do a lot of warnings. The reason we did that is that none of us are trained herbalists. Not yet. Currently, (laughs) Gwen's dream is to become a trained herbalist, Um, Mm -hmm. but none of us have taken any courses or done any training on that. Not not officially. We're just amateurs, and because herbalism is one of those subjects where you can seriously hurt yourself if you don't do it right, I wanted to make sure that people understood not to take our word as gospel, Mm -hmm. and to do their own research, and go become trained herbalists themselves. So I think we're going to do another herbalism episode, but Mm -hmm. I think what we ought to do, maybe... So, you know, make everything happy is we'll put, like, some kind of disclaimer at the front, a disclaimer mm-hmm. in the middle before, you know, reviews. Right, right. And then a disclaimer at the end. And, and then also... We, then we don't have to repeat it a, right. a thousand times. And we can also <laughs> focus on things that aren't as much medicinal, but as, like, caring for plants, how you dry herbs, things like that. We can put a lot of that information okay. in there as well. There sure. you go. So, so we'll be doing a full episode on herbalism, just focused on that yep. upcoming after we finish the Building Your Book series. And then after that, we have a lot of things planned. Lots of things. Um, if there is content that you would like to see us cover, you are free to suggest that to us. We're always yep. looking for, for new suggestions. And Absolutely. if we, if you ask for something that we already have planned, we can move it further, like yeah, closer up the queue. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so let us know if there are specific topics you want us to cover. But we got some really cool ideas. We in do. The yeah. Already. We do. Yep. Uh, we probably have 25 or 30 more episodes yeah, probably, yeah. that are tentatively it, planned yeah, out in, in the planning stages yeah, in yeah. the idea um, stages yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, plus our wheel of the year series of course keeps going it's because continuous. the wheel Yay, doesn't stop yeah. right. it's a wheel it's a wheel <laughs> that goes round and round keeps on spinning <laughs> with all of that sort of managerial stuff out of the way yes let's, um, you, let's get into the episode let's awesome going. sauce mm-hmm. there are a lot of tools that you'll you'll find are commonly used by most witches mm-hmm. Um, and most of these are magical tools, not like religious or ritual tools. Some of them are used in ritual, especially for people who blend their ritual and their magic together. Mm-hmm. But uh, many of these tools, I don't know that they derive explicitly from Gardnerian tradition to begin with. I'm sure he got them from somewhere. Well, I, I, my understanding is a lot of it came from the, Aleister Crowley. Yeah, and, and from magic. the Hermetic, from the yeah. Hermetic Order of mm-hmm. the Golden Dawn. Yep. So the like where these things very first originated is difficult to say, but they have been used very commonly in Wicca and mm-hmm. they are used by most witches, even those who are not Wiccans themselves. Right. I mean, you can use whatever tools feel natural for you. Mm-hmm. If you have a specific tradition, there may be specific, specific tools, tools you, you yeah. are required to use within your tradition. However, as a solitary, right. you can use whatever you want. Right. Or don't want. <laughs> whatever or, you damn well please. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, the yep. other thing is, I got an email from iTunes <laughs> saying... That they were going to take us offline unless we went explicit because we cussed too much. So oh, because we have okay. many... put everything to explicit. Right, too then. many bad, bad words. <laughs> we are bad word peoples. Yeah, we are. 
<laughs> but we knew that. So all all words are symbolic, and no words have fundamental meaning. That's because right. language is nonsense that humans created to communicate with each other. Thank you. A, yes. But I'd like to stay on iTunes. <laughs> okay, <so. laughs> moving along. Yeah, yeah. So I guess if you listen to us on iTunes, we're going to be moved to the explicit category. Yep. Wear that explicit warning like a badge of honor. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. That's we will. exactly. We will. So there are there are four tools that are in the sort of general toolbox Mm -hmm. that I think are interesting specifically because they are mirrored in the tarot suits. Yes. Those are the sword or athame, the pentacle or disc, the wand or staff, and the cup or chalice. Those tools are pretty universal. Mm -hmm. Most people will have at least two or three out of them. Mm-hmm. And many people, especially in the more traditional paths, will have all four, even if they have no other tools. Mm-hmm. And they are used in the tarot suits to represent ideas. So cups are emotional. Mm-hmm. And discs or pentacles are wealth or material things. They're also used to represent the elements. Mm-hmm. Like swords. And there's there are interesting, a- there are interesting divergences I here. I thought this is interesting. So some tarot decks put list swords as associated with the fire element mm-hmm. and some of them list swords as associated with, with the air element. Mm-hmm. My deck and my like understanding of tarot associates swords with the fire element mm-hmm. and wands with the air element, but some of them flip mm-hmm. that. I had a fascinating conversation with Paul from um, from Arts and Craft Arts and Craft about that very thing because I was it, we were at Michigan Pagan Fest mm-hmm. and I went over there to chat and look at the Athens and look at the Athens <laughs> because Which Paul yeah, Paul has a forge. So all of the athame swords wands wands he they he handcrafts yeah. them all they are they are handcrafted by a sorcerer in a manner that gardner would have found very oh, respectable yeah, yeah. and they are beautiful they are stunning works of art he just put up some new athames yesterday i think and yeah, they're just yeah. absolutely yeah. stunning yeah but the interesting thing was he was telling me we were actually specifically speaking about a wand mm-hmm. because he said you know as far as you know he's british traditional uh-huh. the wand is the air yeah. symbol and he said that the you know and most he gets he gets a weird feeling from ones that have that have bits on them because mm-hmm. <laughs> because he said you know most gardenerians or or traditional witches british traditional you know the wands are very basic they're particular woods mm-hmm. they're they're carved they might be carved yeah, yeah. but they're right, not adorned yeah. they're carved but not necessarily adorned and he said when they you know when people start putting fiddly bits on them as mm-hmm. he might say <laughs> um you know that sounds like paul yeah <laughs> he's a british um, traditional who's actually british yeah so he is helps, actually yeah. british but like you know if you put stones or things then you start taking it out from the element that his tradition believes it is which is and mm-hmm. draws it like into earth yeah. right. and he says it just kind of confuses things which I, that made a lot of sense to me I yeah. don't I don't use a wand necessarily mm-hmm. I tell you though I want a wand and I want an athame Gwen and I both because neither of us use wands or athames no. but we desperately want that arts Paul, and crafts yeah <laughs> that Paul has specifically yeah. that Paul has handcrafted because they're gorgeous so we will include a link yeah and a picture and a picture yeah. these yeah. things are stunning but anyway we had this really long interesting conversation mm-hmm. about that very fact that athames are are generally or swords right. and or swords are generally fire, fire which makes sense because they're they're created forged. in a forge yeah. <laughs> and wands are air mm-hmm. because you know the trees well, and, and, the, and, and there are other reasons for those connections mm-hmm. uh even because you know i was talking about you know cups right. and emotions and stuff right. like that well in tarot swords are action mm-hmm. and wands are 
thought or enterprise. Yeah, so so I know nothing about tarot, so I'm learning. Yeah, so so wands are focused on mental energy and swords are focused on activity or impulse or or the doing thing, the action mm-hmm. thing. Cool. And to me, that that makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. that the the fire being connected mm-hmm. to energy activity right. makes more sense than connecting it mm-hmm. to thought Error. and, right. and process. And I know that there are traditions out there that have swapped it. Uh-huh. Where, you know, now, interestingly, interestingly, this never happens. Interestingly, this never seems to happen with pentacles and cups. They no, never get swapped. Never get pentacles swapped. are always earth and cups are always water. I think but, the, I, I imagine that because chalices and cups. Right. It's, it, it's very explicit. It, In it's most explicit. art, it's even presented as yeah. as being full of liquid. Exactly. Right. But but it's I think it's interesting that only the swords and wands. And I wonder if there's an extent to which because there's an extent to which athames and wands can be used for the same purposes mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. in traditional functions. They can both be used to cast circles. They can, they can both, both be, be used, used to draw or cast energy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they are, like, depending on your tradition, tuned to mm-hmm. do a, a one specific thing. Yes. Like a wand might be tuned to absorb energy and, mm-hmm. a, sor- and a sword oh, yeah. tuned to cast energy. That was, that was what Paul was saying. You know, all the different wands with all the various woods, they have different it's meanings purposes. and specific right. purposes. Yep. But there are some some sort of traditions or some schools of thought where a wand and an athame or a sword can be used sort of interchangeably right. for, mm-hmm. for very similar purposes. Sure. And I wonder if that's why you've Could seen be. that elemental flip-flopping. It is interesting. And as someone who's a solitary who honestly doesn't use a wand or mm-hmm. a, you know, an athame. Yeah, because you do all your casting just with your hands. I do. I do. But sometimes it's nice to have that. To have that know, tool. To have that tool just as if you're feeling like particularly like this could really benefit from from mm-hmm. ritual. Well, and we've talked you know? before about how your tools sort of acquire personality mm-hmm. and energy of their own over time as they're used. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, in the, gar- the Gardnerian, the revealed Gardnerian Book of Shadows, uh, Gardner talks about the aura that builds on a tool as it's used, as it's consecrated, especially by a powerful sorcerer or a great witch, Mm -hmm. as he calls Mm -hmm. them, Mm -hmm. and how that energy remains with the tool, even if it's passed down to Mm -hmm. to a new witch through the the coven. Sure. So, you know, these sort of heirloom tools or tools that you use very often acquire an energy of their own that you can bring into your work as a partner. Mm -hmm. The same way we sort of use Magnolia Reigns' salts as as sort of a long-distance partner. Yeah. And right. the way you use Ice plants and the, the mm-hmm. energy of plant allies and things like that. So your tools may be, even if you don't strictly speaking need them, mm-hmm. may be useful to you in in work that especially requires a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. And for instance, as I said, I'm you know as a solitary, I don't really use them. But because I've become so enamored with these particular mm-hmm. athames and wands, I actually would like to have them now represented on my altar because I already have earth. Mm-hmm. And water represented on my altar. I don't. I do as needed you get, yeah, you've when got I like when candles, I do a spell, but, but I don't really have anything dedicated to the elements of fire and air. Mm-hmm. Always on my altar. I usually do it 
just when I'm working a, mm-hmm. a spell or doing a ritual. So I would like them just to be representative of those elements on my on my altar. And then I also have them in case I need them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another really good reason. Charged and building yeah, charged energy. charged and, and building energy. And I think that's also a really good reason to include them in your book of shadows or in your grimoire, the list mm-hmm. of things that you would use or might use in the future. Mm-hmm. Because you might not have an athame by right now, but you might want to get one someday. If, and if one particular speaks to you. And there are some traditions where your tool is not just a tool, but it literally is like yes. an assistant. Mm-hmm. Like you give it a name. It like it works with you. And that information is stuff that you'll probably want to record just because writing something down makes it real in a way that saying it doesn't. Mm-hmm. That was and that's. That's that that's that's an idea that seems maybe silly to us today, mm-hmm. but not if you're familiar with Arthurian legend, right? That's I mean, there's a reason why it was Excalibur, exactly. And and the 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 thing is that like it used to be very uncommon to be literate. Everyone could speak. M- m- many people could speak multiple languages because they had trade languages and things right. like that. Mm-hmm. But very few people could, could write things down yeah. and mm-hmm. read them back, mm-hmm. which is why. Writing systems, like the Futhark, took on magical meanings, acquired magical associations and traditions, because it was... You you had to have specific knowledge to be able to do those things. And although literacy is much more common now, at least in our part of the world... It is still sort of that the echo of that idea sort of exists still in the in the the subconscious, I guess, mm-hmm. of uh, of humanity in general. That when you write something down, you make it real. That's why people keep diaries and journals, and that's why you know you record your life dreams and things like yeah, that. Yeah, you also I think there's a there's a brain function that when you mm-hmm. write it down, it, you that's, actually yes. gain a better mm-hmm. um, understanding, understanding and knowledge of it. They've, because they've you've done. They've done science on this. Right, yeah. They've done science on this that when you handwrite something, you actually, for, and we have no idea why, because we don't know that much about the brain, but when you write, when you handwrite something, you engage a different part of your brain than when you listen to it or type it or, or engage in any other way. That triggers a part of your brain which pushes that information that you're writing down, that you're handwriting, right. into long-term memory. Right. Mm-hmm. Typing something doesn't push it as far back into your memory, as much into your permanent memory, as handwriting it does. And they have no idea why this is, because science is wild. <laughs> yes, it is. But they've done brain scans. Absolutely. And they've been like, hmm, it's activating this deep yeah. memory part of the brain. Yeah. Interesting. Since I'm dumb when it comes to this <laughs> stuff... I, I wouldn't have a- say that. Just un- inexperienced. Yeah. So I'm dumb when it comes to this <laughs> stuff... I went and grabbed a list of tools. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's quite extensive, so I probably won't read them all, but I want to read them and then have you all comment on them. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that could be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So... I thought this would be Especially cool. Especially since we spent a lot of time on... on like theoretical stuff. Theoretical stuff. And on athames and wands. Uh-huh. Because I had... And part of that was my fault because I, I just really... You've got this obsession got right this now. Got this obsession right now. And you're spending more time on it. <laughs> all, right. all right. Moving on. Moving on. So tools of the trade. Mm-hmm. From Carr, because he's dumb. <laughs> altar. Altar. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, your altar definitely is a tool. That is definitely um, a tool. I have multiple altars. Mm-hmm. So do I. I have an altar in my room where I keep most of my tools when I'm not using them. And I consider that just like a, 
permanent sacred space. Okay. That's just sort of constantly pulling in energy and charging things and making things sacred. Sure. So when I go outside and pick something up and say, okay, I'm going to bring this in and use it later, I put it on that altar for a month or something Mm -hmm. to just acquire energy and become sacred. Gotcha. And then I have another altar out here in the main room, which is for sort of public ritually stuff that I do mm-hmm. with the family. Right. And that's got a different energy to my, my working altar. Okay. So yeah, and, definitely. And I have a, a an altar that is for my plant allies and some of the other things that I've acquired over the years that are meaningful to me. And then I also have in the public rituals, mm-hmm. you know, altar space, I have my little stripe that the swan, is, yeah. which is the swan and the cauldron, which is basically dedicated to Brigid. Mm-hmm. That's, right. that's my altar for Brigid. But then I also have, I have a shrine to my father who mm-hmm. passed away a couple of years ago. Yeah. And, and I've got a, I've got a completely separate mm-hmm. ancestor shrine. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then I also have... In our bedroom, I have a space set up where I do my meditation, where mm-hmm. I have my scrying mirror, that kind of thing. So, gotcha. yeah, I think altars... And, and the thing is, they can they can happen naturally, because the, uh-huh. the, my yeah, plant sometimes ally they just altar, acquire. <laughs> it just kind of ca- it came about naturally. I did not create that space with the intention of creating an altar. It was a place for me to put my house plants, mm-hmm. but those were also plants that I happened to work with spiritually, mm-hmm. and it just kind of acquired. I thought, ooh, I could put this little stone here. Or I could, you know, mm-hmm. put a candle here, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, right. and so it just kind of acquired. It grew into, it grew an, into altar. an altar. Okay. What I think is interesting about listing an altar as a tool is that a well-maintained altar, mm-hmm. an altar that you approach with reverence as a, a tool, in your practice. When you go before that altar, you will enter sacred space. Exactly. Right. Without having to cast a circle or mm-hmm. do anything special, just going before your altar, if you have maintained it correctly, should en- enter you into sacred space, into sacred mindset. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I definitely would say that that's a tool. I would say even my plants outside on, on the balcony, mm-hmm. those are my plant allies. You know, they're outside plants. Right. But they need that, more sun. <laughs> they need more sun. But it is itself a sacred space because I don't just use those plants for culinary purposes. They are allies in my in my craft. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, I think it just happens naturally, but I also think it can be it can be a dedicated space as well. Mm-hmm. Altar cloth. Ooh. I think that depends I think on the person. Yeah. On uh, your aesthetic. There are probably people who don't have like a space, like a permanent mm-hmm. space, but right. who have an altar cloth that they can set up a sort of traveling altar mm-hmm. wherever mm-hmm. they need to, in which it's, case that becomes the sacred space. Exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. And then so for me... Can you, do you think you can charge it with magical energy? The cloth? Yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah absolutely. Anything with magical energy, yeah. Some things are easier to charge yeah, with magical true. energy. Well, like, for instance, my plant ally altar, or I could call it my green space altar, mm-hmm. it has a silk... Scarf. Scarf over it. That, honestly, was originally put there because it was an ugly table. (laughs) So, but it has itself become a sacred object because Mm -hmm. that space became a sacred space. Right, right. Okay. I'm going to skip Athame because we covered that. that. Bell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have a bell on my altar. And Um, there are, people have a lot of, there are a lot of sort of different 
uses for a bell. Yeah. And, but the reason I have a bell on my altar is because it belonged to my mother. Mm-hmm. Right. She was a teacher, you know, she's retired now and she has moved to, you know, another space from where I grew up, but she had like a whole collection of bells that were given to her over the years as, as an educator. Mm-hmm. And so she wanted me to have one. And so I picked this one. And so it brings its own energy. It brings ancestor energy yeah. for me. It's a beautiful, I think, copper bell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so I now have that on my altar space and can use it in ritual if I want to. Mm-hmm. And there are pe- people have sort of different stances on what the purpose of mm-hmm. a bell is. Mm-hmm. I think this is one of those instances where you have to set the intention and tune the thing specifically because it can be used for so many things. It's sort of like having a quartz crystal. Mm-hmm. A quartz crystal can be tuned to a whole bunch of different purposes. Right. But if you don't tune it to anything, it's just like a general purpose, like energy. Yeah. And I think it also improver. depends on tradition. You know, yeah. Various traditions have der- various uses so, for a bell. So bells can be used to clear a space, mm-hmm. um, to signal the end of something. They can also be used to call spirits. Mm-hmm. Would you also stick like a singing bowl, that kind of thing, in that yeah. same frame? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yep. And they can be, especially things, something like a singing bowl or a drum mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. something that you can make a rhythmic noise with, mm-hmm. which you may be able to do with certain bells, although that's probably going to depend on what kind of bell you right. have. Yep. But anything that can make a rhythmic noise is also very good for entering a trance state. Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. All right. So, oddly enough, we're covering grimoires and books of shadows, right. but that's you, also that's a tool. Yeah, yes, it is absolutely your book, a tool. Your book right. is one of your so tools. So, while it's one of your tools, you're copying mm-hmm. other of these tools into it. Information so about it's, it's, your it's tools. it's an interesting yeah. dichotomy. Well, and because, like, for instance, since I'm using a grimoire... It is dedicated to all the things that I use in my craft. Mm-hmm. Right. So it makes sense for me to list the various tools that I use or mm-hmm. may use in mm-hmm. the future, have used in the past, but may not use now. Yep. Right. You know, all of these things, it, it's good to have them listed, not only for myself, but for Ode, when mm-hmm. I eventually pass this on to her someday, when I'm no longer here, it will it will right. go to her. Mm-hmm. It's good to have these things recorded, in yeah. my opinion. So that you can pass that information. Yeah, pass the information. That's the whole point, yeah. isn't it? Really, at least for a grimoire, right. in my opinion. Especially And especially if you have a family, mm-hmm. you know, that that's working with you, like we do. Right. Mm-hmm. Or if you have a student, there are, are exactly. some people whose family may not be in the craft, but, but, they, but have they may have the student yeah. or, or someone who uh, they're, they're mentoring. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, yeah, absolutely. So you're a broom? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the broom or the besom. Yeah. The broom or the besom, depending on what you uh, want to call it. Gwen will probably have more to say about this because she has one. Mm-hmm. So um, it can be used to it can be used to sweep away negativity. It can be used to create a circle. Um, it can be used to close the circle. I mean, and and also it just at least for me, my my broom in particular just it brings a whole another level of sacredness to my area because it's hanging right above yeah. my, my green, green altar. altar. I, yeah. I wonder if the besom or the broom sort of evolved out of the staff or vice versa if the staff evolved out of the broom. Could be. Because they seem to be used for similar functions mm-hmm. as a wand. I think the staff, the wand, and the broom are all pretty frequently used for opening and closing things, mm-hmm. for casting mm-hmm. things. For and it's the, the broom's sweeping is sort of the only thing it does yeah. that you can't also do with a staff or a right. wand. And that's, I like to use it for sweeping away mm-hmm. negativity. That's, you know, as part of a house, as cleaning. Part of a house yeah. cleansing. Okay. I, I like to sweep negativity out using So if I put this. bristles on the bottom of my staff. And it becomes a broom. It it becomes <laughs> a broom. Okay. 
And also, you know, like I said, you can call it a broom, you can call it a besom. Mm-hmm. It, 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 I think that comes down to what tradition you're in, I, you yeah. know, or if it makes you feel more witchy to say besom, <laughs> you know. Although brooms are pretty witchy traditionally. Yeah, brooms right, are pretty yeah. witchy. <laughs> I, I, I love my broom. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's, a, it's a wonderful accompaniment to my altar space um, and to the rituals and, and spells that I cast. Okay, chalice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the yeah, chalice is a really traditional tool, mm-hmm. um, especially in high magic and yeah, in Gardnerian and derived magic. Um, and other traditions. It usually represents the feminine to the Athame's masculine. The element mm-hmm. of water. The yeah. element of water. There's um, a. placed in the West, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Look at that. <laughs> and there's a, ho- it's written down. there's a whole. <laughs> That's how you learned. There's a whole representative great rite that you can do with yep. an athame and a chalice. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. If you don't want to get with the sexy times, right. <laughs> you can you can do a fake sexy times with your with your athame. or a symbolic mm-hmm. sexy times with your with your athame and chalice. But it's also used, especially in traditions like mine. You might have a sacred cup for for sharing offerings with your kindred and with the gods, right? And for hails and things like that. And right. I also think people, you know, I, I think anything can be used to chal- as a chalice. We've used shot glasses. Yes. I mean, it just... It's Star the, Trek shot glasses yeah. like that. It's that's the, technically speaking not a chalice. That's, uh, that's where I activate the salts. <laughs> but my, my point is, anything that's, you know, used to contain water... Right. Can or or, liquid, con- in or liquid in general can be considered a chalice. Right. So I think people tend to think, oh, a chalice, it has, it to, has to be a fancy a silver fancy goblet, silver and, goblet yeah. or something like that. It really doesn't. It can be an ordinary glass if to you it represents the chalice. I would it set is. it aside as always being yes, your chalice. I wouldn't use it as a regular drinking glass no, 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 right. if you're going to use it for a magical purpose. Exactly. But. It needs to be dedicated to that purpose mm-hmm. in order to be used as and a chalice. And even in my druid tradition, having the well yep. there mm-hmm. is basically the same thing. Yep, it's the same concept. So, yep. And right. uh, in heathen tradition, this would usually be a drinking horn. Yeah. Yep. If you could get one. Exactly. Cauldron. Oh, yeah. yeah absolutely. Gwen has a cauldron, we burn things in it. We burn things <laughs> in my cauldron. You know what I was thinking, though? I, if we ever get a place where we have green space and we can have a fire pit, I would love to have a hanging like a, cauldron one of those big... so I could have actual <laughs> potions. <laughs> Well, you can make are... potions in your little... <laughs> Gwen's doing, doing, the, doing the stirring the cauldron stirring motion. Stirring the cauldron. I will embrace that... that, that uh, Is that a know. dance move? <laughs> anyway. Um, I, I will embrace that. Yeah, I've even seen cauldrons big enough that you can actually set them right in the Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I think that would be fabulous. Yeah. I would love to do that. My little cauldron, though, is for incense. Yep, yep. <laughs> Candles. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Absolutely. You can... And you can... M- there are t- sort of two ways to go about this. You can either go get a very fancy candle mm-hmm. from a pagan store, mm-hmm. or you can go to Dollar Tree and get <laughs> nice and get dollar get candles. cheap candles and dress them yourself. Or which we did for for Yule and uh, and other mm-hmm. of the we use tea lights. Well, no, not just the tea lights, but we've used the glass those tall glass candles. Yeah. And if you need to burn your candle all day those are for very multiple valuable, yeah. days. Getting these tall glass pillars. Um, you see them at a lot Dollar Tree. at yeah. the Dollar you, Tree. You see yeah. them used a lot in Hoodoo too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, yeah. it's fabulous. So you don't have to spend a lot of money. No. You can buy inexpensive candles and dress them yourself, yep. various sizes. But also, it's the intention behind it. You can use them to create your sacred space. Mm-hmm. You can use them to cast spells. You can use them as part of your ritual. You can use them to represent the element of fire. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things you can use. A candle and with for. those with those tall glass candles or with tapers, sometimes mm-hmm. a lot of people use them. 
uh, to represent time, the mm-hmm. time it takes a spell to sort of progress. Exactly, okay. to progress down. That's why yep. knobbed candles can also mm-hmm. be used for that. Additionally, they come in so many colors. Yeah, right. so and you, if you can get want a lot of it, correspondences in there. You can get color correspondences in with that as well. It's, yeah, definitely a very yeah, so valuable candles, tool. Candles are one of those tools that are going to be temporary because mm-hmm. when you, you use them, them they're right. gone they and you have to replace them so they're not going to become allies the same way that a wander anathema or a mm-hmm. permanent tool mm-hmm. will mm-hmm. in fact i might even argue that a candle is more of an ingredient than a tool in a way it can be yeah well yeah, I, I can no- see that i did notice that on a wiccan altar mm-hmm. they put candles at the four cardinal directions mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. and then there's also a center candle to represent to the represent. spirit or the goddess yeah, yeah, or whatever. exactly yeah. yeah yeah and then there's colors associated with right. those as well so to represent the cardinal elements and yeah. do they burn those candles do we know or do they just leave them there as representatives they're just representatives interesting okay yeah. so if you have a candle that you don't burn like if you have one of those fancy figurine candles or something that you don't burn and you just use it as a representative that could maybe be a more permanent tool right but i feel like the the candles that you burn like for spells are mm-hmm. are less well, tools like, and more ingredients I, I could say i could see that with like my little four inch uh, spell candles because they're specifically they are for spell casting right. you know but the tall tall pillars that we currently have on the altar on our in our family ritual space uh-huh. those they burn so slowly for me, they they go from being a, you know, an ingredient to That's being true. a tool. That's true. Actually, I have I have specific candles that I burn for my ancestors that come in glass jars. Mm-hmm. They last longer, and they last longer. And I light them when I feel like my ancestors need special attention for some reason. And those, beca- yeah, those, those do become, become tools, tools so I because I use them in a more long term way. I, so I think in that case, obviously, it's the intention of what you're using it for. But I think it's also the type of candle you're using can dictate whether it's a tool or whether it's an ingredient. Yeah, that's probably true. Is it okay. a little more permanent, or mm-hmm. is it going to be gone in a couple of hours? Yeah. So, are your ancestors and deities tools? No. Okay. Because that was listed in this no. list, and I had the exact same response. Uh-huh. Absolutely uh-huh. not. Absolutely no, 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 not. no, 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 no. Big no. no. Big yeah. no. Big I strong that no. Is, that is that strong, is a, aggressive no. 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 You haven't seen that was listed in this oh, list. Oh, man. So, I was just like, I Ooh. don't agree See, that this, comes from a completely <laughs> foreign frame of reference for me. That's more of a, that's more of a, I'm, you know, I'm the big bad witch, uh-huh. and I'm going to, you know, take I got this, the worst feelings from I, that and man. Me too. It's got this attitude of, you know, I'm going to force this spirit to to do yeah. my will. No, very commanding. Fuck that. Absolutely yeah. not. No, 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 no. That's a very key of Solomon sort no. of. Yeah. No. So, I'm so glad that I got that response. <laughs> no, right. so I don't even think. No. Like, I yeah. Know, no. Uh, like Pat uh, of uh, uh-huh. Arts and Crafts. Yeah. She works a lot with the Galicians. Yeah. Right. Um, but she does not. They're they're not under her control. She requests. Yeah. things right. of them. Yeah. Yeah. She, calls my, on, yeah, she calls on this one in particular. Yeah, whose name I can't remember. Who finds but lost things she, for her. Yeah, she calls on him Which, for uh, a favor. So right. yeah. But she does not command him to do these things. At least that's not how she explained it to me. Yeah. Right, it's, yeah. it's definitely more of a, and I, will yeah. you help me out? And there's a thing. There are rules of hospitality. Oh my god. That you would be just chattering underfoot if you tried to treat your ancestors or your gods. Oh my god, yeah. Are you yeah. going to treat as your gods tools? as tools? I mean, that is, to me, that is like the height of arrogance. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, like, throw, throw respect, throw, throw, uh, uh, just sacredness out the fucking uh, yeah. window if you go in with an attitude that, hey, you, you know, 
I, I command would never you. Yeah. My spirit guides Oof. like that. Right. Ever. Oof. My God. No. No. You okay. knew you were gonna get this reaction. Oh. You're, he's, he's just grinning at us. <laughs> he's also tur- turning like chartreuse or something. I don't know what's going on with that. So <laughs> libation dishes. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. Okay. Libation dishes are a tool. Definitely. Especially ancestor yeah. and yeah. gods, yeah. I guess. Based. Oh yeah. Yeah. I I have specific dishes on my ancestor mm-hmm. altar that I feed them with and when I when like when we went to Michigan Pagan Fest and mm-hmm. I was out of the mm-hmm. house during mm-hmm. the day that I usually feed them I had to consecrate and introduce to them new temporary dishes right. so that I brought with me mm-hmm. so that at the appropriate time I could feed them with these temporary in these temporary dishes and like that's something that is important to me that I say to them okay we're so, we're still doing this <laughs> Right. Uh, but I'm not going to be at home. I'm not going to take your food out of your dishes because I never leave their dishes empty. Right. So I didn't want to bring them with me empty right. and have them be empty for a couple of days before I filled them again. Right. So I left their dishes on their shrine and I brought new temporary dishes with me that I had introduced to them and told them this is where your meal will be this week. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And like, for instance, when we performed that ritual at uh, Michigan Pagan Fest that had our three traditions yep. you know mm-hmm. incorporated you know i made sure afterward when you know that we made uh, a, a thank you offering mm-hmm. to the three gods that we had called upon. Right. yeah we yep. made offerings of gratitude yep. of, of gratitude I, I just think that makes sense mm-hmm. okay so then offerings is the next thing yeah i don't know if i'd say it's a tool i'd say um, that's more of an action yeah well it's it's possible that your offering could be considered a tool in an abstract way. Right. But it's definitely not a tool in the same way that like a like an offering dish is a tool. The the offerings are the gifts you're giving right. to your ancestors and gods. Right. They're That's the exchange it, you're making. Yeah, I right. don't, I don't think that I don't think of it as a tool. Yeah, personally. and I guess if you're thinking of your offering as a tool to get what you want, then That's it's not a very it's not, not a, a very good gift, is it? it? Goes right Keep back in mind this whole... is the same deities. Yeah, in the, I was going to say, that kind of goes right back to that suggestion yeah. that spirits are, are being controlled by the, right. the, yeah. the yep. sorcerer. No, no. I yep. say no At least again. not in my tradition. And I'm not even, in my I don't tradition, even have a fucking tradition. Right. And I'm not going to do that. In, in so, my tradition, no. you make exchanges. You must maintain hospitality and, and gebo. And yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a partnership. It's a partnership. And, you have, and it's not an always ally. an equal partnership. No, no. The gods are no. much, much bigger than me of and course. can do many, many more things. Right. And the ancestors are older than me and on a different plane of existence and can see more things than I can. Mm-hmm. But there are physical things I can do that they may not be able to. Exactly. So, you know, if... I, I that's can, why I, f- I give my ancestors physical food right. and yeah. they get the energy from that. So, no, I don't think you would... I would not consider an offering a tool. No, it's a, it's gift. a gift. It should be a it gift. It should yeah. be a gift. And sometimes that gift is, you know, it's understood that there will be an exchange for right. that. And right. sometimes not. But yeah, sometimes you're just offering gratitude. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what about, and I'm going to incorporate a bunch of these into one because okay. I think they all kind of relate. Okay. Altar tile, pentacle, incenses, essential oils, the okay. little cuts that I have for Yeah, the, the little wood. Yeah, trist- the wood tr- right, yeah. the little I think wood that depends. I think, yes, they're all tools and some are ingredients, but I think it depends on your aesthetic yeah. and what well, is and on what you use them you. for. Yeah. On what you use them for. Yeah. yeah it's if, you're, if your you. altar tile is just 
a thing you have down to make sure that your cauldron doesn't burn through your altar, <laughs> then it's probably then it's not, a, not tool. a tool. But if it is a focus point for you, mm-hmm. and it's a point, like, there are, I know there are some traditions where the altar tile is where you draw energy. Mm-hmm. You direct energy to the altar tile. That is the focal point where right. it is. Right. That's where spells take place, is on the altar tile. Right. So if that's the use of an altar tile for you, then yes, it's a tool. I would okay. agree with that. Right. And I, If it's just a ceramic plate to make sure you don't burn through the floor, then not as much. Right. And I think I do think essential oils would fall into the and herbs and things fall into the category of, of ingredients mm-hmm. more so than tools. Okay. Guess what? Is it It's that called <laughs> reviews? Ooh, he changed Ooh. the key. Very and there nice. was that was the It was higher. He too. went all fancy. He came like a tenor. <laughs> uh-huh. Ooh. It was a good one. Getting the good ones over here. Oh jeez. <laughs> Quinn's getting all hot and bothered. Uh, that was a that was a good one though. Thank you, Anna <laughs> Keith, my vocal instructor. Who <laughs> if she ever hears this, she'll just fall over. Oh dead. my God, she will. She yeah. totally. She'll deny everything. I deny everything. I have nothing to do with. I've that. never met this man, much less taught him to sing. Oh my God! All right, yeah. so. All right. Well. We have two things. Well, we have a set of things that right. we're reviewing, and then another thing, and then another thing from a different and the source. Set of from things, a different source. Oddly enough, is from our favorite vendor <laughs> of all time. Can you guess who, who we've it is? We've never met. We, no. Right, we've never met. Oh my god, we've never met the awesome vendor. Meet her but, yeah. but you, you may be able to guess. We'll give you three guesses. One, her name rhymes with granola. <laughs> not really. No, not at all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> She didn't go to the rhyming class. No, she no, didn't. didn't. So it's Magnolia Rains. It's Magnolia Rains, box everybody. Rain. Box of Rain again. Right. We're reviewing more stuff. So this, <laughs> we got this because I brought up the fact that I thought we should have ancestor salt. Yeah. Right. We'd been yep. we'd been talking about the salts and using yep. them in rituals and things. And and Carr one day was just like, you know what we need? Ancestor salt. Why don't we have ancestor salt? Right. We just have spirit salt. And so I emailed Magnolia and said, hey, can you make ancestor salt? And she was like, let me think about it. And like two days later, she said, okay, we got it. I got it all together. And then like two months later, we finally purchased it. <laughs> yep. But then she so, sent, so she, she did this custom. Of, she did right. This. She sent us a bunch of stuff. So she, she did this custom order for us. ancestor salt... There's no disclaimer, but for all the other stuff, this was sent to us for an honest review. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We bought the Ancestor Salt. The rest of it we did not buy. No, right. we also bought the, the Florida water. Oh, that's true. We oh, did that's buy true, Florida yeah. water. Yep. Yep. Because yep. I wanted to try it. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, we had been planning to buy the Florida water for yeah, a while. Yeah, for a while. Okay, so uh, we haven't used everything yet. Uh, but some of the things that she sent to us, along with the ancestor salt, and she was so generous, mm-hmm. she sent a a bag for each of us individually, so that we could each blood it to yeah. our, you know, our blood to our particular yeah. uses and our particular yeah. uses. So that was fabulous. And then, she, but she also included a loose incense with an ancestor blend that mm-hmm. included a Palo Santo stick. Yep. Um, she included a beautiful, we have not used it yet. Yeah, a beautiful ancestor sage. Uh, yeah, smoking. A, a smoking stick, stick. thing. Yep. And then she also sent black lavender tea, mm-hmm. which I tried last night. It's wonderful. It has a very earthy feel to it, mm-hmm. a t- rather taste to it. Even though... <laughs> if it had an earthy feel, it would but be terrible that, tea. That would, no, but that would work, <laughs> that kind of works too, because it felt, it was very grounding. Mm-hmm. So earthy would be, oh, a, yeah. you know... In a spiritual in sense. esoteric. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> esoteric. It was very, okay. it was very grounding. Just checking. Um, but it also, 
I felt like if I had decided to work with my ancestors, it was pulling my ancestors closer to okay. me where I could sense their, their presence a little bit more, more easily, clearly. more clearly. And so I was like, okay, yeah, this is really, this is really effective. Very cool. Even mm-hmm. when I was using it just because I wanted to see what it tasted like. Right. Yeah. And uh, I've used the ancestor salt. Obviously, because I work with my ancestors a lot. Um, mm-hmm. So I've used the ancestor salt a couple of times. And just like all of Magnolia Rains' other salts, it's extremely good. Mm-hmm. I feel like this black lavender tea, though, could be used for things other than just the ancestor. Yeah, yeah. Because, as I said, it's very it's very grounding. It so might be good to drink... After a really heavy exactly ritual after or a heavy ritual, or even you, a really when heavy you need to get reconnected, or if you've been doing journeying recently mm-hmm. and you need to, Any, if you're having a hard time reconnecting with the, the physical, yeah, exactly. This black lavender tea from from Magnolia Rains Box of Rain on mm-hmm. Etsy uh, would be a great thing to to use, yeah, as, yep. just as a grounding effect. And then she also included, yeah, this because we're talking about some additional ventures mm-hmm. and, and things like that. A success in creating ventures back yeah, in, in creative uh, success in creative endeavors. Yep. Right. So I tried that, mm-hmm. and it's wonderful. It's a wonderful. I used it in a shower. Yeah, and we used it before <laughs> this ritual that we had been discussing uh-huh. about these new ventures. Right. It, it was very, very good mm-hmm. for preparation for that ritual. Yeah, for entering the right mm-hmm. space. For entering the right space. Then she also sent us as again as just a free. Thing, a full bottle of rose water, which I've been I've used for um, my face, just for beauty kind of things. purposes. Beauty purposes. <laughs> that explains everything. No, <laughs> Thanks. Uh, it's, love um, you too, honey. No, um, it's a really nice. Um, it doesn't smell perfumey at all. No, it's no. got a very strong rose scent, but it's not perfumey. Mm-hmm. And you can use rose in in anything in kind of in glamour spells. You can use it in any. Oh, good lord. I would There's use like... it I would use it in um offerings to some mm-hmm. goddesses to, oh, to God, yeah. Freya, probably. Some of the things you can you can add it to anything that would be like a, a soap if you wanted to or some kind of a, a mm-hmm. wash if you wanted to use it before a ritual. Well, you could do it for attracting romance. You could use yeah, it for that roses, kind of thing. Just any can, of the things that rose can be used for, you can use the rose water. Right. right. Rose is conventionally used for uh, a lot of love attracting sort exactly, of purposes. Exactly. And then, of course, the Florida water. That Which she doesn't have any water in it. No, no. No, yeah. Florida, it, it really Florida water is a... Uh, it's based in uh, crazy vodka. Crazy sauce. Yes. Yes. It's she, an alcohol base. She has a vodka base for hers. It, uh, I used it to wash my floors in my kitchen. Mm-hmm. It's, you can use it as protective uh, mojo, basically. Yeah, I. Uh, you can use it in, in your in your wash when you like in a bath, right? Or in especially a if you need to do a, a serious a cleansing, cleansing. Something. Could um, you put it in like with your washing machine? Oh yeah. Like put them into probably your, yeah. So a few drops. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a few you drops. Could, yeah. You could absolutely yeah. put a little bit I, into your. What your I like wash to water. do is. Um, because I do a lot of things with sigils, and I have some sort of safe space sigils mm-hmm. that I use frequently. I like to trace my sort of wards uh, on the door frames with Florida water. Okay. Mm-hmm. And she, so with this collection that she has sent to us, she's just really proven again her excellence, her in, expertise, and her expertise in not only creating these products, but creating effective products. Mm-hmm. And that leads me to the next product that is up for review today. Right, which is from a different source. A different source. It's actually from Living Roots Creations. Yeah, we got this at Michigan Pagan Fest. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's called Sage It Out Room Cleansing Spray. And it actually really works. She, um, she, I bought it because she was like, hey, do you, you know, I was looking at different things she, that mm-hmm. she had to offer. 
And she's got a really interesting black salt scrub that mm-hmm. I that I'm gonna get someday because it's a fascinating concept. Yep, and she's we'll have links to these things. Yeah, obviously. we'll have links. It's Living Roots Creations on Etsy. You can find her things. She's got a variety of different types of bath salts and and sugar scrubs mm-hmm. and, and things. But this room spray, it is a sage room spray, right. and it's like if there's some negativity, you don't you can't use a smoking stick, you yeah. know, to to sage an area you can just spritz a little bit of this and it really does clear out the room my son this week was having issues with or the last week was having issues with some really bad luck just Mm -hmm. following him one thing after the other and so i decided just to spritz this in front of (laughs) in front of his room and it it honestly it did clear out some negativity that was kind of hanging around Mm. the house i uh i used the sage spray earlier this week when I did my room cleansing, just to experiment with it. And you get a different feeling with the sage spray than you mm-hmm. do with a sage smoke. That's true. And I think that the reason for this is that the sage is being activated in a different way. When you do mm-hmm. the sage smoke, you're activating it with fire, mm-hmm. and it feels very, for lack of a better word, muscular. Like, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's a it's a very punchy cleansing. Sage smoke to me, sometimes feels like it's really aggressively More clearing out a space. Yeah, very authoritatively mm-hmm. saying, hey, get out. This yep. isn't your house. Absolutely. And then sort of setting up temporary barriers. So, like, as long as the smoke remains in the air. Right. Sage spray is being activated, maybe not explicitly by water. I don't know what the contents are. but Air, because of the... Yeah. But it's, mm-hmm. but it's, being, it's being activated by liquid instead of by fire. Mm-hmm. So it's got a... It's still cleaning things, but it's not purifying in the same way yeah, that, that fire is. Mm-hmm. Fire clears things out. Water makes things clean. Mm-hmm. And that's, a, that's an important distinction. Yep. Yep. So I, I feel so like too. the sage spray is gentler, in, mm-hmm. in, in a sense, mm-hmm. than, the, um, than smoked sage. And it's also cool. more subtle. You could, if you're having problems at work, yeah. you can take it. And it's you not can, a strong scent. It's not a strong scent. And so you can take it to kind of clear some negative space mm-hmm. in, in your cubicle, around your workspace, that kind of thing. Yep. So I, I highly recommend it. That's it for the reviews. Ooh, he changed keys again. <laughs> he He's going to be a, fancy. It's gonna be a different key every time. Every, every time, time. Yeah. I, I got to do something. And he had kind of right. more of a vibrato uh-huh. in there, kind yeah. of a little different, kind of a lounge lizard kind, uh-huh. of, kind of thing yeah. going on. Yeah. <laughs> I got the lizard part. I got. I don't know about the lounge part. All right, because we have talked so long, because I'm going to say it was the Athamase talk <laughs> from earlier. We love you, Paul and Pat, but... But so we need to wrap but up. But Gwen needs to do that. But we have time, so let's do calendars okay. and time, but we need to keep it probably within 10 minutes or so. Can okay. you do that? Yeah. All right. Yep. We're not going to cover calendars in a huge amount of detail here um, because we're doing the Wheel of the Year series yeah. Yeah. and we're covering the holidays in that. Exactly. But I did want to talk a little bit about modern calendars and how and they fake ones? and fake calendars. So the eightfold calendar that we're using for the Wheel of the Year series is a very modern invention. Uh, it came about in the 20th century. It's a syncretic, so it pulls from traditions across all of Europe, not from one specific place. Yep. It uses Celtic and Germanic names mostly for, for the names of its holidays, which we've covered in those episodes. Right. Mm-hmm. But it does that mostly just because Celtic revivalism was very high at the time that the Eightfold Year was developed. Right. So it sounds cool. And then they sound nice and witchy and pagany. Right. <laughs> and people like cool names for things. That's um, true. You got to admit it. The Eightfold Year is focused on solstices and equinoxes. Mm-hmm. 
and it starts at Samhain, and it's mostly focused on sort of agricultural cycles. Right. Um, and I think that probably comes from the same place that, like, Tolkien's obsession with agriculture mm -hmm, came mm -hmm. from. It comes from a post-war feeling that industrialization was destroying the world, basically. Right. Yeah. Right. And so it comes from a sort of nostalgia for agrarian ideals. So that's the, the really brief synopsis of the Eightfold Wheel of the Year. The fake calendar we're going to cover super fast is the tree calendar. The Celtic tree calendar was invented by Robert Graves, who was a poet in the 19th and 20th centuries. He, the, amusingly, his grandfather was an expert on the Oum and had dismissed the tree calendars as spurious nonsense. Right. So Robert Graves probably knew what he was doing when right. he did this. Yep. But he took a source from, a, a, a real source, a manuscript that listed a bunch of trees but made no connection to a calendar. And he took those and attached them to 13 months which is more or less correct. And then he created mythologies about them. And he right. did this in a book that he wrote like three times that eventually became The White Goddess, in which he mm -hmm. basically imagined uh, sort of an underlying mythopoeia of, of all paganism. Right. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that as a, as a druid who uses the tree, the tree calendar? It works for me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's one, so. This is one of those things where like, Although its origin is not ancient, right? It like like Estra and rabbits and right. eggs. It has become it's, sacred. It's, it's developed nature. sacredness over time, right. and it's developed value to things yep. to, and to people. So, mm -hmm. I this is one of those things where like I like people to know where their what their sources are, yep. where their things mm -hmm. come from, this so that they can as make ancient to exactly. Think, but it's okay. I like right. people to be able to make informed decisions about these things. Sure. Mm -hmm. But I'm not saying that you can't use the tree calendar. That the tree calendar has no value. And in fact, Robert Graves may have uncovered something true in his dream of the mythopoeia, mm -hmm. but it was uh, a 19th century invention and mm -hmm. not a 2nd century invention. Right, the 2nd right. century invention was the Coligny calendar, which is a continental Celtic calendar, uh, a peg calendar that was found in modern day well, in ancient Gaul and modern day France-ish. And it was a, a lunisolar 13-month calendar. All the months were 29 to 30 days. And every two and a half years, there was what's called an intercalary month to sort of fix the time the flipping. Issues, yeah. yeah. Right, right. Is so, it possible he might have drawn from that? Was it discovered? I think he got the 13 months thing from that, probably. Okay. So yeah, the, the peg calendar uh, is the second century, and that's the the only extant ancient Celtic calendar that we have. Yep. So that's an interesting thing if you want to look it up. It's actually very, very interesting. It's made out of bronze, and you stick pegs in the days, and it goes for mm -hmm. like five years. It's a really interesting concept. And yeah. in, in regard to your book, uh, I think it's good to have these things listed in there, This mm -hmm. in, have this information included, sure. yeah. because it may be valuable to your, your path now or later. Well, if, I have the tree calendar yeah, in my yeah. book, because it... It fits what I do. Right. And it helps you so. sort of format, you know, focus. Because the trees in the tree calendar are given meanings. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And so you could sort of orient your life around focusing on that for this month. Exactly. Focusing on this right. for this yep. month. So, yeah, I'm not saying that there's no value to these things. I'm just well, saying. I understand. You know, yeah, yeah. It yeah. came from Robert Graves. And, that's yeah, why. I I'm, and I do think that it's uh, just like with the Wheel of the Year. Um, I think it's important to have these things recorded sure. if they're meaningful to yeah. you. Yeah, I can't keep track of anything time-related, so oh, recording God. these things in my book is very important. I have a page and then for also, each one. And then also having my phone remind me, hey, this holiday's coming <laughs> up. <laughs> 
Yep, there's a nice there's and the nice moon cycles. Moon yeah, too. The the other thing we wanted to cover with the sort of calendar section really briefly is um, moon phases mm-hmm. and magical timing. Right. A lot of people sort of prefer to do their spells for specific purposes at specific phases of the moon. Mm-hmm. And of course, we we all know that there's the new moon, the waxing, the full, the waning, and then the dark. New lasts three to five days. The magic is for new beginnings, new projects, ventures, and and cleansings. Waxing is growing to full and the size increases of the moon. So you're basically, this is good for anything that you want to be building in your life. Mm -hmm. So if it's a spell, you can even have a spell that begins at the new moon, the new moon and, and progresses to progresses full. Yeah. to full, or even to you know. The, the good news I wouldn't is, want it to go through to waning, know, but it depends on the spell. Yeah. The good news is there's actually a new moon coming up mm-hmm. on the twelfth, and it's a super. Oh, nice, well. nice. Yeah, so, so anyway, then you get the full moon, which is the most powerful magic is right. during that time of the full moon, and of course waning is for uh, when the the moon the is, moon is falling. Fall, you know, it's it's cycling down as far as it's size is concerned and a turning and so that magic is for releasing things from mm-hmm. your life or banishing or banishing and then of course the dark of the moon is is no is for the time when you kind of reflect a time traditionally of no magic is no done magic is done traditionally during that time and then there's a lot of people who will um time their magic obviously to the phases of the moon there's a lot of apps now that can tell you yep. which part which quarter because i mean some people bring it down to which quarter of the new people moon who are very and, concerned and with astrology yeah things can, like that can't even decide to do it only in certain houses. And you can actually find all of that on our calendar. Exactly. Yeah. On the Three Pagans and a Cat page. Yeah, we have the, that the information. Stuff exactly. And then you can also, do, you know, uh, include, like, the, the days of the week, the months yeah. of the year. Now, this stuff may not be important to you, especially the moon phases sort of things, may not be important to you if you don't work with the moon a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, if the moon is not an energetic thing for mm-hmm. you. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you are connected to a deity who has connections to the moon, mm-hmm. or if you are connected to the moon specifically. Yeah, there are certain deities that are specifically solar or lunar mm-hmm. deities. Yeah, um, heathen tradition has Mani and Sol, mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. who are the, the deified or personified moon and sun, respectively. Exactly, and you've got your Greek gods and goddesses, mm-hmm. your Roman gods and goddesses yeah. that are connected to yeah. the... So, so this, I, this is one of those things where your mileage may vary. Uh, the same thing can be said for the sun. There are some traditions where, you know, some magic should be done at dawn, some should mm-hmm. be done at noon, mm-hmm. some should be done right. at dusk, mm-hmm. to get different energies from the sun. So, those are the sort of things you're going to want to record in your book, just so that you can be consistent about it, mm-hmm. if it's something that you do want to include in your practice. Right. Right. And you can find there's lots of information available on the internet about mm-hmm. all of these and unlike correspondence yeah. and, 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 and unlike like correspondences, these things about the moon phases and about sun phases and about like days of the week, days of the week, these yeah. things do tend to be pretty constant. Yeah, right. there's not constant. as much variation in this sort of thing yeah. as there is in correspondence. Tables. Yeah, it's like this is, you know, what type of magic do you want to perform on a Thursday? Yeah, there are specific- what type, type of magic should you perform during a waning? Exactly. Yeah. And but if you're like me. I don't really care. <laughs> it's, this is very much a your mileage may vary thing. Yeah, it, it depends on where what works for you. There are uh, certain spells that I cast during phases of the moon. I'm very much tied to the moon cycle. Mm-hmm. I'm not so much worried about the days of the week. Yeah. That right. kind of thing. All right. Well, I think that's it for this episode. Am yeah, I correct? I think so. Yep. The, we've covered everything. Mm-hmm. Awesome sauce. So... You can find us at three, the number three, pagansandacat.com. You can also find us at Facebook under three pack. That's three P A A C. 
You can also find us on Twitter, where you can find us under three underscore pagans. And uh, and if you don't feel like typing all these things in, you can just go to our website and hit an episode link, and all of the all of these things should be linked in the individual episodes. It's true, they all are. Yep, and it's threepagansandacat.com. Yep. yep. Um, and beyond that, we've got the Discord server, yep. which thank you, Vex Arcana, who has been listening this entire mm-hmm. time. Yes, we've so to glad us ramble here. on. And uh, I would suggest downloading the episode because it'll be way different than what, <laughs> <laughs> what you've had to listen to. But if you're a, a Patreon member that is a hunter or above, mm-hmm. you get yep. that opportunity to come on. And you can live. ask questions. Car is uh, yeah, monitoring, he's monitoring, yeah, monitoring all the time. what's going on. So you can ask questions as we go, that kind of a thing. Yeah, so I think that's it, right? I think that's well, it. Yeah, we have the are, Patreon. We have. Oh, you, you are going to be speaking. Oh, that's right. <laughs> in an upcoming event, we just got. We just. We just got. Uh, guys, it was a riot. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> we we just got the notification that Car and I, because Gwen has to work, will be will be teaching the <laughs> will be teaching <laughs> the building your book series, all three parts, one after the other. It's uh, like a marathon. Yeah. It's going to be yeah. a marathon teaching. At uh, at Detroit Pagan Pride. Yep. Yep, which is in uh, Green Acres Park in Hazel Park, Michigan. On yeah. July 28th. Yep. Yes, yep. So that's a Saturday, I think. That's yes, a Saturday. That's a Saturday. We start at 1130. Um, you can go to our Facebook page and find that. You can also go to the three-pack uh, website, threepagansandacat.com, yep. yep. and click on the calendar, and it has the information in there as well. Yeah, and so... So we'll be there if you want to get the the super condensed live version of these right. of these minus, episodes. Minus Gwen. Minus Gwen, because yeah. she's going to be working. Yep. So. Yep. But I'll be thinking about you guys. Yep. And also, Communitas Paganis is this week. Yep. For those Wednesday, who are- oh, yeah. Yeah, if you're in the West Michigan area, West Michigan Communitas Paganis meets Wednesday night uh-huh. upcoming. We're going to be covering, uh, we're going to be talking about ritual construction in yep. all our various traditions. Yep. From 7 to 9 p.m. at, at Fountain Street, Street Church. Yep. And hopefully people will bring snacks so we can have a snack break. <laughs> yeah, snack break. Snack break. Snack break. Oh, snack break. be eating snacks. Snack. No, no, no. Snack. No. Snack. 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 snack break. Snack. Don't eat snacks. I love snacks. <laughs> I don't all like right, them. That's it for us. Snack. Bye, Bye. people. Peace Bye. out. <laughs> You've been listening to Three Pagans and a Cat. Find out more information at www.threepagansandacat.com.